I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Welcome to the H2P Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, here rocking with y'all on a Sunday. It's Memorial Day weekend. Happy Memorial Day, everyone out there. We hope that you get to spend a nice holiday weekend chilling. I'm getting a little bit of that here. I'm on vacation, but I'm still out here trying to get y'all some entertainment, get y'all some pit talk, because I know it's it's real dry out here, you know. And for Pittsburgh fans in general, it's been a rough week. The Penguins got eliminated. The Pirates just continue to be a joke. And that Will Craig play is probably the worst baseball play I've ever seen in my life. And there wasn't really a whole lot of news other than, like, you know, Najee Harris catching some one-handed passes at Steelers OTAs and things like that. But, you know, I, I wanted to do some looking back to look forward this week. Now, on Thursday, I did the H2P podcast, and we talked about pit football and, you know, it's past and, you know, how can it get back to being a point where it's nationally contentious. I want to talk about something for pit basketball today, about what I think is missing the most. Outside of the obvious, like, hey, they need a big man. Yeah, we look, we didn't talk about it. They need a big man. They're trying to get one. John Hugley's coming back. He might be an answer for that. They tried to get Efton Reed. That didn't work out. That, that That's another story. But I want to talk about the other position that, that I, in my time of watching pit basketball for the last 20-some years. Now, I'm 32 years old, but I was pit basketball stunk for most of my childhood in the 90s, but it was when the 2000s was Ben Hallen came around. That he got entertaining. And I was like, ooh, let me check that out. And then I became an avid follower of pit basketball. And there's one thing to me that I identify with all the best pit basketball teams that I've seen. And it's having a floor general. Now, you've got to have all the other talent around you. But having that floor general on the court, leading your team on offense distributing the basketball, making sure that you're running your style of play and controlling the game. When Pitts had that, that's when they've been at their best. Now, there are guys who have tried to be that role, but let's talk about, I'd say arguably, the the two best teams that we've seen in the last 20-some years. One of those teams, the first team that comes to mind, everyone, the obvious one is the one that made the Elite Eight, right? And was one Scotty Reynolds shot at the last second from making the Final Four. And that's the 2008-2009 Pitt Panthers with Sam Young, Juan Blair, LeVance Fields, Brad Wanamaker, Jermaine Dixon, Gilbert Brown, Ashton Gibbs. I mean, that team was loaded. Gary McGee was a sophomore. That team was loaded, and that was definitely Pitt's best team. 
And while Sam Young led the team in scoring, and DeJuan Blair was a bad man who averaged a double-double that season, LeVance Fields was a huge part of that. He had seven and a half assists that year. Now, he's only, he was only a 5'10 guard. He was tiny. You know, a lot of guards nowadays, they're, they're all 6'3", 6'5", all those kind of sizes. But LeVance was a floor general who distributed the ball. And he, he didn't just, because he, he, he didn't make it to the NBA. He's, again, he's too small. And he didn't have ridiculous explosiveness. But what he did have was a sense of how to play the game of basketball. How to, how to read his offense, how to keep his guys in the game, keep his offense going. And how to how, how to break down what defenses were doing. Because how many times have we seen in the past five years, whether it was Jeff Capel's team or Kevin Stallings' team, where Pitt just can't, like a team goes into a zone and Pitt just can't break through it. Or a team gets really aggressive in their man coverage or man press and they're, they're blowing full court press and Pitt just doesn't have the guys to break that break through that. Levance Fields... Help them do that. I mean, when you tried to full court press them, they'd break right out of it. The other team that makes me think of think of basketball like this, the 2002-2003 Panthers. That was the team that went to the Sweet 16. And for, for all my money, this was always the best team that Pitt had that didn't go farther. Because I remember watching them. They make the Sweet 16. This was Brandon Knight's senior year. And again, Brandon Knight, the floor general. The guy on the court that led it all. That was the guy who called the shots on that team. He was he was in his senior year. This was their time to make the run. They made it to the Sweet 16. They hadn't made it past it in the past two years. But this was the year. And they were playing Marquette. I remember being in eighth grade watching this game and thinking, like, how can't they stop this one man? Who is this one man that keeps beating them? And it was Dwayne Wade, like, you know, one of the best shooting guards of all time in basketball. But point being, you go back and you look at that year and you see what Brandon Knight did, averaging 6.3 assists, 11.2 points per game. He was playing lights out. And he kept the offense going. When when teams would go into zone, he'd break them down. When teams would go into man, he'd break them down. When when Pitt couldn't find a shot, if like you know, if Julius Page wasn't hitting that day, guess what? He was feeding it down to Ontario, letting Siobhan Troutman, and they was getting busy. You know, if Zavakis couldn't hit a three, he he'd kick it. He'd kick it to another guy. And it's about having the guy that manages the offense like that. That makes the world of difference. And you look back at the history of Pitt basketball, just like the records, the numbers. And there's a few truths to this. When you look at assists per game, best assists per game averages in a season in Pitt history. Darrell Porter is number one with 7.9 assists per game in an 89-90 season. But number two and number three, in order, LeVance Fields, 7.5 assists per game. Brandon Knight, 7.2 assists per game. And heck, after Jerry McCullough in 93-94 and Sean Miller in in 91-92, Brandon Knight's on the list again. 
And you look at that and you're like, man, that was the ticket. Yes, you needed a big man like DeWan Blair or Ontario Lett to dominate the pace. Yet you needed shooters like Ashton Gibbs and uh, and Julius Page and um, Donis Savakis knocking down shots from outside. And yes, you need explosive players like Julius Page and Sam Young. But here's the thing. You couldn't put that all together if you didn't have the right floor general. And that may be what Jeff Capel needs the most out of his point guard. Not just the guy that's explosive and creates shots on his own. But the guy who every possession is going to give you the best chance to have a quality possession. Even if you don't necessarily get the bucket that time around. Working the ball around. Figuring out the offense. What 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 type, what skills that your offense has. Knowing that those skills and knowing how they best defeat what the, what the opposing defense is trying to do to lock you out. Now, Pitt has a guy this year in Femi Udakale who displayed a little bit of that. And I want to talk to you more about that right here on this very show. Because I want to look, like I said, I want to look back, look back at some of those teams. And I want to look forward at what we can really expect out of that situation. But we'll do that right after this break. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Here on the H2P Podcast, I'm your host, Chris Carter. We're continuing to talk all things here about pit basketball. Now, continuing our conversation about floor generals. I talked about Vance Fields, Brandon Knight, and I talked about how Femi could be that guy. And I want to illustrate that Jeff Capel knows this. He knows how important this is. Because people think, well, he had Xavier Johnson and he didn't seem to care about being a floor general. Well, that's not true. Because you look at what what he tried to get Xavier to be, and there was a concerted effort to make him that floor general. Now, X was also just that explosive guy who just, he wanted to make the NBA. He wanted to show the world that, hey, I am a player worthy of the NBA. Not just, I'm not just a floor general, uh, you know, because lo- like LeVance Field didn't make, the M- didn't make the NBA. Brandon Knight made the NBA, but, you know, short career there, and he's more of a coach now. He is a coach now. 
But Xavier Johnson wants like a career in the NBA. And sometimes it's not that simple just to be a floor general and then you'll get noticed. No, you need your numbers. And you kind of saw that from X in times. Now, there were games where it worked, where X would push the ball and do things and you know, do a little too much, but it would work like the second game against Syracuse in, 20, in, uh, in this past season, 2021. He exploded for like 30 points, had a double-double, and led the team, and, you know, all was right with the world. But more often times than not, he would do that, and things would go awry. He would drive right into quintuple, quintuple coverage, or defense. There'd be four defenders around him, and he's like, I got him right where I want him. And he'd still go up for a layup and get blocked or miss it, and it'd be a wild shot, and then it's a wasted possession. And that's where you often saw, like when I'm watching a game, and again, this is only my first year covering it, but when I watch a game and I just see Jeff like put his head down like, ah, that's not what I told him to do. And I get it. And again, it doesn't make X a bad person, but it's just like, hey, sometimes you can lead a horse to water, but they go and drink on their own. And I think that was the situation with X. And again, you know what shows me that Jeff Capel was was drilling this into X? Is that Xavier Johnson, in this past year, has the highest assist percentage in pit basketball history. 42.2% of pit basketball's points on the, for the rest of the team came from assists from Xavier Johnson. Now, the problem with that was Pitt was, isn't a high, wasn't a high-scoring team, so it wasn't like it was a whole bunch of other points that were being scored unless it was just a champagne. And Xavier also brought with that a lot of turnovers. But at the same time, he also brought, he also, you saw that there was an effort there to make that happen. And when I say he brought a lot of turnovers, I mean when I look at the all-time turnovers list, he's on he's in the top 10 twice. He had 132 in his freshman season. He had 111 in his sophomore season. Better this year. But he also skipped the last few games. And there were less games. So, but point being, there there was the effort to get him there. Now, again, what made LeVance Field so special is that he was the number two guy until this season. He was he was the he had 38 percent. He was the he had the 38 percent of the assist percentage of all the other points on Pitt basketball team that year. That's a floor general. He also averaged double digits in points. In fact, he averaged uh, 10.7 points per game that year. And that's what I think Jeff is going to ask of Femi. Is, hey, we're not asking you to be the creator, to be the guy that starts, that, that, that blows by people. We're asking you to distribute the basketball. We're going to be asking you to go out there and make sure that when Ithiel Horton's setting up for his shot, he's setting up for his shot. And that's the thing. Jeff's trying to get these guys into their roles. Too many times, Ithiel would get the ball and try to bring it up court. And Jeff would say in, a, in the press conferences, like, if that's not Ithiel's job, and we tell him that all the time. 
and if Theo would be like he would uh, he would be right after a game, win or lose, he'd be out there on and on the peak practicing dribbling. He'd be dribbling with both basketballs up and down the court. He'd just be working on it, working on it, because he wants to be that guy. But Jeff is like, if Theo, that's not you. We need you to be a shooter to make this team work. And there were a couple times this year, Ithiel got that. He embraced the role and he was hitting the shots. But like Xavier, he wants to be more. He wants to show that he can do all these things. You got to fit into the holes that you have on the team. And maybe having Femi around. And again, he was a freshman. He's got three more years of eligibility. He's got plenty of time to be that guy and lead the offense and develop the offense. And Jeff's going to have plenty of time to, to to develop the offense around him. It may not necessarily be around him because, you know, one of the one of the new guys they signed this year could be, you know, the focus of the offense. They may, you know, they still might get a big recruit at some point that becomes the focal point of the offense. But you get my point is that it's going to go, it, it, even if they get that piece, like even if they had gotten Efton Reed, you'd still need that floor general running your offense and running your defense too. It's, it's also important. But Femi really seemed to get it at least in the few games that we saw him. Now, overall, he averaged 6.6 points per game, only 2.2 assists per game, but that's also because, you know, he wasn't, you know, he wasn't playing all, all the time, you know. But at the end of the season, when X was when when, when X was out of the picture, you saw a little bit more of that um that side of him. I mean, heck, there was there was a game earlier in the season against Syracuse, the home, the second game against Syracuse when Xavier, and that that was an interesting game because Xavier was blowing up for points, but they were having him and Femi run at the same time. Femi had eight assists on the game, and when he started, you look at his assist numbers and you see he had you know against NC State he had five assists. His Miami, he, 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 had, he had three assists. He had a better chance to get the kind of get the ball, get the ball going around. And that's when you started to see something happen there. And with whoever Pitt's going to be balling with, you know, if William Jeffress becomes the the small forward that they that that Jeff wants him to be, if John Hugley can be the the center that they hope he can be. If Nike Sabande can be the scoring threat that they hope he can be, if Ithio can be the sharpshooter they hope he can be, if this, this Nate Santos kid can come around, if a couple of these transfers and Daniel Oladapu and Chris Payton and Jamarius Burton, though Jamarius Burton's more of a backup to Femi, that's kind of what his role is too. He's a, he's more of an assist guy. If those guys can find their roles, you'll still need Femi to be that floor general to keep the offense going. And now he has a year of experience. He knows what what, what you're going to do. And he's going to have a, a full off-season of preparation. Because remember, he got in a car accident on top of COVID. He didn't, and, and them having to train in their own spaces. He got into a car accident, and he, like, I think he either broke his arm or messed up his arm. He wasn't able to practice for a bit. And then he wasn't able to get back late, in the, uh, you know, late into the, the preseason preparations. Now he'll have a full season, a full, a full off-season to prepare. 
on top of having a season to to have grown from. And he'll know that, hey, you're the guy. We believe in you. And you know you could compete at this level because you've banged with some big dogs in the ACC. And that's what I think could really help turn Pitt around in the next two, three years. And again, I'm not saying Pitt, the Pitt, Pitt basketball is going to be, you know, in the in the Elite Eight neck this season. I'm not saying that. But you could see them competing just a little bit more. And maybe finally get that first winning record if they can start to get that continuity. And I'll bet if that happens, you'll be sitting there and thinking like, man, FME, he knows how to run an offense. And that could be the biggest key outside of getting more recruits in this offseason for Pitt basketball turning it around. Thanks for listening. I'm Chris Carter here on DKPittsburghSports.com. You've been listening to the H2P podcast. For all you Pitt fans out there, if you're not subscribed to DKPittsburghSports.com, what are you doing? Get get on it. We cover Pitt. We cover the Steelers. We cover the Pirates. We cover the Penguins. We cover all things Pittsburgh right here on DKPittsburghSports.com. We hope you have a happy Memorial Day weekend. Be safe. Have fun. Get some grilling on. Get some family time on. Get some vacation on. I'm getting back to that myself right out here. It's a nice, peaceful trip. You might have heard some birds in the background because I'm doing it on the, on the porch of this place, so it's nice. But we hope that y'all have a we hope that y'all have a weekend. We'll be seeing you next week. Stay tuned. Dale and I will be at OTAs. DK's gonna have his daily shots firing back up. It's gonna be a fun time. We're still gonna be covering all things Pittsburgh sports. Remember to rate us five stars, leave us positive comments, and don't forget to also subscribe to our podcast channel, which is full free on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any podcast they're hosting. Follow me on Twitter at Carter Critiques. I'll talk to y'all soon. Ladies and gentlemen.